0: The words were written in thick, dark letters. They were spray painted by hearts filled with hate. They appeared on church property in Bean Blossom, Indiana, and Silver Spring, Maryland just days after the presidential election. It was the organist at St. David Episcopal Church, Indiana, that discovered the swastika, the white supremacist slogan honoring the president-elect, and a homophobic slur as she came to church. Black spray paint. On gray walls. At the church in Maryland, it was the pastor who discovered the hate speech sprayed on a wall in the memorial garden of the parish. A banner announcing Spanish language service was also damaged and slashed. I won't dishonor this place tonight with the pictures. Of this vandalism but you can check it out online if you'd like. Although these acts of vandalism bear the president-elect's name, it's not known whether the vandals were either supporters or opponents of the incoming administration and their act goes beyond politics. So let's keep that out of this tonight. What is known, though, is that hate speech and racial intimidation has been on the rise this year throughout our country. Those who hold hate in their hearts have been emboldened to act out. And the presidential campaign has just brought to the surface the deep divisions and biases and hurts that live In the heart of our land. When swat stickers. And homophobic slurs. When hate speech is written on church walls. Then we. All of us. No matter who we voted for in the election. Or even if we were even able to vote. We are living in a land of deep Darkness, the words of Isaiah, that people are dwelling and living in a land of deep darkness, it rings true again. We're told by the gospel writer, Luke, that it was night when Christ was born. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus. There's a metaphorical night going on here. The emperor, who liked to call himself the savior of the world, by the way, the emperor declared that the world would be registered. The only reason you register a people is so that they can pay taxes and that you can fight them in the next war. The emperor imposed kind of... A A darkness on the people. And Joseph and Mary followed along in that darkness as they traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. A literal darkness here. The shepherds were living in the fields, and it was nighttime. Now, let's not romanticize shepherds. They were not the folks you'd hope your daughter would bring home to dinner. They were not to be trusted. They were despised. They were marginalized. They were okay to keep track of the sheep outside of town, but keep them. Out there. That was the attitude of shepherds at the time. And so they were out in the fields. And all of a sudden the heavens opened. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were bathed. They were embraced with God's glory. Now a first century hearer of this story would have noticed a problem right there. What do you mean the glory of the Lord would shine around a group of shepherds? Well, that's crazy. They're not the important people. They're not the holy ones. They're not the the righteous ones. They're not the ones who have life all together. They're the misfits. They're the ones on the outskirts. And yet, glory of God shone around them. And to that group was announced... Good news. And it wasn't just for them, the good news. The good news was for all people. All people. That word all there, by the way, includes everybody. In case you miss it. In case you're prone to interpret the word all there to mean you. And to mean people who think and look like you. There is no place for hate in the word all. And God announces to shepherds good news for all people. That in Bethlehem, God would, God would bring about the promises of long ago. That God would come and would lead the people. That God would reconnect and save the people, that God would bring about a hope-filled future. And here, two a group of shepherds were told that future is for all. And so they got up and they ran, they ran to the, to the manger, and they saw the baby, and they saw his mother and father, and they gave glory to God. And then they did something. They became the first preachers of the good news. For they told Mary and Joseph all that was happening. That this news of God's grace and love for all people was made known to them. And Mary responds in a wonderful and faithful way. We're told that she treasured their words, and she pondered them. She treasured them. She held them as something of great value. What great value there was here in these words of the shepherds, shepherds who were devalued by the society. They are surrounded with God's love and care. Mary, a woman also devalued in her society, is lifted up to be the one who bears the Christ child, who participates with God in the bringing, literally in the bringing into this world, the forgiveness, the grace, the love of God, how amazing that is, and what a great treasure to hold in her heart and to keep close again and again and again. And she pondered, she struggled with, she noodled over, she, she tried to grasp the meaning. What does it mean that God would do such a thing? And that all people would be a part of this, whether they believed or not, whether they were outside or inside, whether they were rich or poor. That God's plan involves all people and a bringing together of love and grace and forgiveness and reconciliation among all people. What does that mean? She pondered in her heart. And folks, that's what we're invited to do tonight. As we continue to live in a land of deep darkness, we're invited to treasure the truth of the gospel that God's love is for all. To ponder again and again, what does it mean in the way that we live our lives that God loves the whole world, that God chooses to be present in this world, that God engages a world with love and forgiveness instead of fear and violence and hatred. Later on, the rest of the story of Jesus' life helps to fill in the blanks as what does this look like What does it look like to live in the kingdom of God? It looks like sharing that love and forgiveness with everyone. It looks like welcoming and including people at your table that would otherwise not be there. It looks like respecting and honoring all of creation and especially those who we can't understand For they're different from us. And yet, bear God's image nonetheless. Ponder, treasure, treasure Christmas. Ponder the light of this night. Not only tonight, but tomorrow and into the coming year. As we as a community walk together and share God's love and hospitality. Let me read for you the words of Kelsey Hutto. She's the priest at St. David's. On the defacing of her church, she wrote the following. Just because they have defaced the outside doesn't mean that they have affected the inside. And it doesn't change our call as Christians, to love each other as Christ loves. The main thing is that we welcome all people, no matter what color you are, or where you are from, or who you love. Love conquers all hate. Let's ponder that and the light this night. Amen.